Yes. I love Run DMC. Run DMC. It's a Run DMC time of year. It's phenomenal. It's traditional. It's tr- it's very traditional. You know what? Know what this song reminds biblical. me of? It, <laughs> I wonder if it's biblical. I mean, Santa. I mean, Santa's all over the Bible. Right. That's right. <laughs> you know what? The, the song always makes me uh, makes me reminds me of um, Die Hard, oh. the movie. Boy, I have mixed feelings about that movie. Well, well what do you mean? I, it's great. But it's super violent. I haven't watched it in a while. It makes me sad because I used to really like it. But then Jesus ruined it for you. Yes. That's so sad. No, I can't. No, I'm sad. What are, what are we going to do with the people who are listening? They're all going to get sad. Don't get sad. Be well, glad. I started that off on the wrong foot. You did. You brought everybody Sorry. down. Hey, guys. Welcome to Apologetics.com Radio where we challenge believers to think and – Thinkers to believe, and we make people sad. So if you want to be sad, no. If you want to, uh, if you want to call us tonight, um, you can. And we really want to hear from you. You guys make the show. If you guys are listening, um, we're really appreciative of you. Uh, and you can call us at eight 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 nine nine five 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 two. That's eight 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 nine nine five 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 two. Is that right? Was that right, Daniel? Yeah, okay. And um and tonight uh we're just going to talk about some Christmas stuff. You know, Die Hard. I like Die Hard. I'm going to I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go out on the out on the limb. All right, so I'm going to say I'm going to ask the question then. Ask me the question. Is it a, is it a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. Because it happens at Christmas. Yeah, so I have I have <laughs> like these major issues. Like I can't watch movies that take place during Christmas time unless it's Christmas time. Like you don't sit down on your couch and watch, uh, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation in June. I do. No. Sure. Oh my gosh. Uh, did, did, I, so, guys, I'm going to be looking for a new co-host. Uh, Eric can no longer can no longer participate. What do you mean? You can't watch that movie in June. And the same thing with Die Hard. Like I watch Die Hard like maybe I don't know once every two or three years. I haven't watched it in a while. It's a great movie. I had. I, I, but it makes you sad. But it, it, because I liked it so much. Yeah, it's it, a good it, movie. It's got. There's so much. There's, there's memory. I mean, there's memories for me being, you know, back then. I think it came out in '88 or something like that. '88 right? or '89, I bet. So, uh, it's in high school. You know, just graduating. Um, you were in just, high school in '89. Yeah, dude. Am I old? Does that make me a boomer? Are you a boomer? <laughs> My kids called me a boomer the other day. You're not a baby boomer. No, I'm not. But you're right there. But I may as well be. Yeah. That's interesting. All these newfangled things. These new- <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, people. Who are you, people, with your <laughs> sagging pants? <laughs> no, man. Uh, the The movie, I think, is it's a hard one because there's definitely a lot of violence. But I don't think it's gratuitous. And compare it to violence today. Oh, we gotta go relative. Is that what we're doing? Hey, man, we live in a relativist world. You do you. I'll do me. <laughs> okay. All right, buddy. <laughs> what are we um, doing tonight? It's, it's a great. No, no. It's a. It's a. It's a good movie, and it's a good Christmas movie, and I yeah. enjoy watching it. <clears throat> but I haven't watched it in many, many years. Do you want to come over and watch it? All right. You can come over and watch it. All right. It'll be fun. Just don't tell Jesus. Well, I'll invite Jesus too. And see what he says. If Jesus says yes, then you can come. If he says no, we won't. No, I, I don't think. Yeah, it's an interest. That's a whole other topic. Wow, I don't want to go there tonight, though. So, but we're we're kind of on the same topic of Christmas myths, and <laughs> that's a stretch, bro. I like it though, Eric. Man, you're doing good tonight. Uh, this is yeah. fantastic. What other? Okay, so so I'm I'm not going to get into the topic tonight, uh, right now. What other Christmas movies do you watch yearly? So, so Christmas Vacation, top number definitely, one, definitely right. Watch it. It definitely <clears throat> every year, every year. Um, I really like. Uh, there's a there's a movie with Nicolas Cage called uh, Family Man. Great movie. <clears throat> it's. It happens at Christmas, but I don't know that it's a Christmas movie. That's that's another one. That's a hard one. Yeah, that's a good it's movie. A really though. good. That's movie. the one where like time changes, or he yeah he he's that, a rich guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of an egomaniac, and he comes back and finds. And it's his like true a tire salesman. And, 
And he's, yeah, it becomes a tight. Ty- I love it, dude. Yeah, great movie. That's that's Nick that. Cage at his best. Yeah, Nick Cage as finest. Yep. Elf is another one. <laughs> We've already watched that like six times in my house this year. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys? Oh, I'm not going to ask that question. Um, what other movie? Uh, <laughs> Wait, say what? Hey, you can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, I was going to yeah, ask about <laughs> so Frozen. Is that a Christmas movie? No, Frozen isn't a Christmas movie. Because it's snow. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not talking about snow. I'm talking about Christmas time. Frozen, no. But we have seen the new – new. I took the kids to see the new Frozen. Was it good? It was okay. You know, the problem is, is I actually really liked the first Frozen. Um, this, this one actually had some really great points to talk to the kids about, which is really fun because it's spiritual. So the whole movie is like spiritual. Uh, there's like these four spirits. You know, it's very pantheistic. Oh. And, you know, earth, water, winds, fire, and then Elsa. So is that who it is? I forget their names. But anyways, uh, it's just really, really cool. And um, some of the stuff was was good. There were a couple new songs that were really good. And, I mean, who doesn't like Olaf? I don't. What? Oh, my gosh. No, really. I'm taking applications. (laughs) For a new host, you don't like Olaf. No. no. So, so okay. So, no, not Frozen. Um, okay. So, what about uh, Christmas Story? Eh, I, you know, th- my wife is really – she likes that movie. Really? You know, she try out. I'm going, I'm going overrated the, the on that, lamp. dude. I think it's overrated. But uh, I'm not I'm Overrated. Not uh, the kids really like uh, it's, a, it's a Wonderful Life. I Original love Black that and movie. White. Rihanna and I, <clears throat> once a year – we'll watch that movie a couple times um, – this season, but and that's what we put on when we're wrapping all the presents mm. at night together, and it's usually Christmas Eve because we haven't right. done any wrapping yet. Yeah. And then when we're done wrapping, we'll put it on and we snuggle on the couch, and she falls asleep in like two seconds, and then I sit there and watch the whole thing, and it's like four o'clock in the morning by the time we get to bed. But it's just like that's our tradition. I love that movie. Oh wow! See, when I was a kid, I'd be up at four o'clock in the morning. Oh really? Oh, I was we, so anxious. We don't let our kids out of bed before seven. <clears throat> Isn't that awful? That's good. We're awful parents. No, that's great. We don't actually Christmas morning they might be up a little bit earlier, but they'll usually come in with us and we'll mess around and I'll you know, I'll torment them a little bit. Like, oh no, no presents this year, guys. I'm really sorry. I just got I fell asleep, I couldn't wrap them. You know? Did you guys uh what did you guys do with Santa Claus? <clears throat> Yeah, Santa Claus is interesting. We didn't uh, we we didn't emphasize it too much. Um, I think we kind of played along. We I think for maybe the first year or two of life, we might have gotten Santa pictures, but then not really. Yeah. How old is Zoe? Uh, our youngest is thirteen. Okay, so she's past that. Anyway. She's all past that now. So, um, you know, the kids get presents from Santa, and it's it's just kind of an an open secret that Santa is. Yeah. You know, not the guy who comes through the chimney. It's just an yeah. extra source of gifts. Yeah. Um, so really nothing nothing big. Um, we don't do a lot of decoration, as you know. <laughs> Dude, you don't take your decorations down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are all my secrets going to come out today? All of them. Yeah. We've got a bare wall. We've got a bare wall. <laughs> it's true. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't. <clears throat> Derek and I, I are, this, were neighbors for a number of years. I leave the lights up. I don't leave them on, though. No, you don't turn them on. Thank God. Although, I mean, whatever. We might as well. Who cares? There's a guy on – there is like – to make you feel better, there's a guy on my new my new street. We moved on my new street who leaves his Christmas lights up and lights them every single night of the year. He's right on the end of our cul-de-sac. He's at like the first house on the street. Wow. Yeah. But he's like a super nice dude. And I asked him about it. I was like, hey, you know, I was out with the walk with the kids. And I was like, dude, why are you doing this, bro? And he said, because I want the neighborhood to enjoy it. And this is our – he has like a bunch of exotic trees, I guess. And the lights are on the trees. And he says, feel free to walk through them and take a look at what they are. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Hmm. He's a nice guy. Interesting. I don't, I don't Community. like – I don't like doing lights. I don't like doing decorations. Yeah. I don't like – the whole experience. Really? Mm-hmm. Right on. My kids are young. Yes. They love it. Know what I'm doing tomorrow? Christmas tree? Christmas lights and Christmas tree. <clears throat> and then the um, – so I, I like where we're going with this, though, with the Santa thing because it's something that we all struggle with because it has to do with a myth. Yeah. You know, and, and how do we treat that with our kids? And that's kind of like what we wanted to talk about tonight. We got we went the long way we got, they got there. to get here, but we got, yeah, here. we got here. And with Eva and my kids, we made the – Early on, Rihanna and I agreed 
I actually have a really interesting story about this. Rihanna and I agreed that we wouldn't not we wouldn't tell them the truth, but we wouldn't lie to them either. So if they asked us, we would tell them the truth. But as long as they didn't ask us, we would just let them do whatever. And I mean, Eva was like two when she asked us. So there's never been Santa in our house. And that kids do not like us for it. It's and really so, funny. And so Eva set the set the bar. Yeah. Right. So so the next one came through, they already knew. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But every yeah, it's really funny. So it's it's a cognitive dissonance, right? Mm-hmm. Eva, every year, she's nine, uh, and she's she's amazing. I love her. She's so cool. But every year, she tells us, no, I believe in Santa, and she knows he's not real. <laughs> it's really funny, man. Every year, every way we, we got to go through the same thing, and then the kids always ask, Santa real? I say, well, do you want me to tell you the truth? Yeah, I want you to tell me the truth. Okay, well, then no, he's not real, but... You know, we can still have fun with it, you know, and then like, and please just don't go telling, you know, there was one year that they, you know, they, they yeah. started spreading it around school and yeah. then we had an issue with parents wanting to talk to us and be like, how come your kids like this? You know, we do the same thing with the tooth fairy. Dude. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so, so it's, so you, you can take it to the extreme though, right? So, so some Christians, I would say, um, work really hard to avoid it, to avoid Santa altogether. Yeah. Right. Um, some really play into it every year on the Santa's lap, dude. Santa's lap, secret presents from Santa. Um, right, right, right. Um, and so I think you know you run the you run the risk of you run the risk of of becoming more like the world when you when you do that sort of when you get too far into it. Right? Yeah, you, you can, can definitely get too far into. it. Well, can, I think what happens is you lose perspective of what the day is about. Right. You know? Right, right. Because more about the presents and the candy and the food. Yeah. So, okay, I have a question. This is going to lead into our topic here. When, when you are, when you think about Christmas, okay, what images, okay, how about this? When you think of the Christmas story, what images pop into your mind? Well, I think of the movies. I think of uh, food. I think of presents. Presents, yeah. I think um, sleigh. Slave uh, reindeer. Are you listening? Yeah. Flying man. Flying man in a red suit, big fat dude. Yeah, big fat dude. Yeah. I think of that stuff too, kinda. Which, I mean, I, I don't actually, I don't know if I do, to be honest with you. I think. You know what doesn't come to mind, though? What's that? Immediately is Jesus. Well, is, so, okay, so how about this? When you're thinking about Christmas from the biblical perspective, the biblical story of Jesus' birth, the right. Christmas story, what comes into your mind? Ah, manger. Immediately, manger, sure. right? Maybe in a manger. And what's a manger look star. like? Oh, a manger. Uh, it's, like, it, it's a it's a wood thing. It's a barn with with yeah. some hay in it. Animals, right? There's some animals milling around. Yeah. Right? Wise men outside. It's probably cold. It's probably freezing. Right. Yeah. Um, there's wise, yeah, wise men. I, I think yeah. of the nativity scene with the star up yeah. there. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, the three magi. The wise three, men. yeah, the three wise men, the magi, there with baby Jesus. You know, they've been traveling all this time to right. get there for his birth. Right, right. Oh, that's right. And then uh, I think of the census. I think of the inn, right? Knocking, yeah. you know, it's frantically knocking. In fact, um, there are a few – I remember I was, I was in a few plays at church where that was the one of the main scenes was frantically looking you – know, I played the innkeeper or something, right? Um, there's no room. There's no room. There's no room at the inn. Go, big, you got to go to the stable dinner. down the street out in the right. cold to have right. a baby. Right, right. Yeah. Um, uh now that you now they mention it, shepherds uh, singing angels in the field. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder then. I wonder how many of these stories that we. I mean, I, I I think of all the same stuff. I wonder how many are true, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. Right, because I think that like we have like the Santa stories, which are just blatantly false. You know, I'm sorry if I'm the first one to tell some of our audience members that it's it's just blatantly false right so there's those things that are fun they can be fun we can have fun with them but then there's stuff that i think that we see one of my favorite 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 christmas movies is little drummer boy the old claymation one really i love that movie i love it i love that song so uh little drummer boy sung by don henley no sung by oh my gosh he uh roll me away Bob Sega, he does a version of Little Drummer Boy. It just will knock your socks off. We'll listen to it on the way All home. Right. 
on repeat. Sure. It'll be phenomenal. You'll That's be great. you'll be a different man. You'll be a different man. But anyways, so like I have these like you know the little drummer boy is like a perfect example of this. That it's a movie that I grew up on watching. Granted, I didn't grow up Christian, but. You know, the, the, the premise of it is, is they have the wise men that are, you know, going after to, to go and not after Jesus, but like trying to get to this stable for his birth. You've got the, the drummer boy who doesn't have a gift to bring him, you know, and they show that it depicts, you know, there's no room in the inn and, and they're in the barn and, and then she gives birth to Jesus and there's all these people gathered there. It's the middle of winter. <clears throat> and I think that, uh, that these images, like the images that are conjured up for me are the stable, um, that Jesus was placed in a manger, uh, you know, waiting for visitors to come. Three wise men, like we said, and also Jesus was born on December. 25th. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, that's and, a given. <clears throat> yeah. That's so, it's so obvious. I didn't even mention it. And I think that these, well, I know, and we're going to go through this in the next, I don't know, whatever, however much time we have, 40 minutes that, um, these are all, these are all actually false, uh, um, images. None of them are in the in the in the biblical narrative, um, which is See, that's, interesting. That's shocking. 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 Because I, I I know I've read about a star, and and I know I've read about three wise men in the Bible. You have, you have. But it's a matter of um, is is what we like. You've read about the so there might be certain aspects of these of these images um, that are true, but I don't think. All of them are true. Like the, anyways, we're going to go through them. And, and the reason why this is important and the reason why I, I think that we should be talking about this stuff is because um, oftentimes – and this happened to me. I taught this. <clears throat> this is like – ba- this, this is just based on a presentation I've done at a church before. And after I taught on this, it was meant just to be like a fun little – it was where I was pastoring. And it was just a fun Wednesday night um, thing, you know, like right at Christmas time. I didn't want to do a serious, you know, theological lecture. So I, I was like, oh, well, let's just look at the Christmas story and what are, you know, four may, like, what are four things that we believe about the Christmas story that aren't false? And then the, the fifth is why is it important? It's because, when, um, it, 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 does that mean we can't trust what the Bible says, you know, like, uh, or is Christmas ruined, you know, because we have these false images of what happened. And actually one of the yeah. people in the class came up to me after, and this was like a huge issue for this person for months. And I, and she said, I ruined Christmas for her. Yeah, wow. I know, right? That's that's like heavy, you know. It's soul crushing. I mean, it's it's uh, it was just it made me so sad because because I taught that these things these these things that she had in her mind that made Christmas very special to her weren't in the biblical narrative, and in fact, are most likely just not true. And um, that's and pretty powerful. So the the first one was was uh, I'd like to ask a question. You know, was was Jesus born in a stable because there was no room in the inn? You know, no vacancy. Is the right? Well, based on my on my vast experience on uh, with with church plays, and uh, and skimming over the Bible, I think that yeah, he was he was born in a stable in a manger, and where I mean, it says I don't know where where does it say that? So okay, so yeah, so Luke two, right? So this is from so the 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 birth narrative only appears in two gospels, um, so it's Matthew and Luke. The um, the other two don't uh, they just leave it out and uh, start right away with Jesus's adult ministry. But so, so Luke two, one through seven, I'm just going to read the whole passage because I think it matters. And it says, now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone was on his way to get registered for the census, each to his own city. Joseph, we all know Joseph, right? The stepdad of Jesus, uh, Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was one of the house of the of David, which is so cool if you read the genealogy anyways, um, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. So Mary was pregnant. They're on their way to, get the, to participate in the census. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. Uh-oh. While they were there, so pay attention to this because I think it's important. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Huh. Yeah. Says it, right? So there's no room at the inn. So they were frantically looking for a place to stay. Yeah, running around, but there was no room in the inn for them. You know, they, they, they were on a donkey, and she was about to give birth. Right. 
So Jesus was born in the stable because there was no room in the inn. That's what the scriptures tend to to tell us, but I don't think it's necessarily so. You know, I don't think uh, the like when I read that, if we slow things down, okay, if we slow the, the the scripture that I just read down, the Bible doesn't, I don't think, depict Mary and Joseph frantically running around this town looking for a place uh, to live. And and I think that this uh, actually uh, this idea it actually stems from a misuse of the word in in Luke two seven, which I just read. Um, and, and it's just one, it's like a, it's a mistranslation that's just been furthered and it's, it's a, in, um, it's cause for a number of fallacy, uh, fallacies to be born, which is really interesting. Um, you know, be like the, the main one we're talking about right now is the innkeeper and his wife and there being no room for them. But the, the word used in the passage is, and I don't, I'm not a Greek scholar, so, you know, it's a, it's Cataluma is what I think it is. And well, that's what it is. I just don't know if I'm saying it properly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not the word used for in, you know, so, so there, it's a mistranslation in the passage, which is crazy. It, it, so what does it mean instead? So in, when I think of in, I think of a hotel, hotel, uh, but obviously they didn't have hotels back then. So I think of the, you know, the, the little shack. Well, they might, I mean, they, they might've had like what a clue, what, 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 like an equivalent of a, of a, of sure. an inn, a there, hotel. There's no, yeah. Or no, they didn't have Marriott, you know, the five star, you know, but, they but they, there's, okay. a, there's an inn and, and most of the time I'm thinking an inn is really just a room that a family has available for people to rent out. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, Something yeah. like that. So, but, but this, this word, so this word, uh, Cataluma, it should actually be translated upper room, um, or even like what you were saying, guest room, you know, that's how it should be used, um, to describe like the, 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 um, uh, it was used to describe the location of the Last Supper, for example. And if you look in the in an updated in 2011, NIV updated their translation. They correct the mistake um, and and to to replace the word with upper room. So if you have some translations, they'll say upper room because okay, so mm-hmm. it's hard to describe on radio, but I'm hoping I can. Like the the way a house was built back in the day is there was an upper room and a lower room. And when they were saying that there was no room in the inn, there's no room in the upper room. And the so there was a whole uh, layer that was literally upstairs. And that's where the people like lived. That's where they, they slept. That's where they ate. And then there was a lower room where people would bring their animals in during the winter. And it was inside. It was part of the house. It's like part of the domicile. Hmm. And so so when, when we read this, that there's no room in the upper room, meaning, hey – I'm sorry, guys, but in the upper room right here, we're packed out. But down in the lower room uh, where the animals are, there's there's space down there. So why don't you sleep there? And that's where Jesus was ultimately born. But but whose house was it? Yeah, that's a good question, right? Because of the, the image in our mind is they ran around frantically. Right. Uh, you know, um, hey, knocking on doors. I need help. I need – but when we read the if, – if we go back to the passage, it, it says it says here – while they, and this is verse six, so Luke two, six, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. There's no, uh, there's no instance of, of, there's no, um, urgency while they were there. So they were there for some time. They went back to, uh, they, they went back to Bethlehem because that's where David, I mean, Joseph was from. Joseph's family was from Bethlehem. So Joseph surely had family there. There wasn't this frantic, uh, you know, looking for a place to stay. This was a planned trip. They knew where they were going. Most likely, Joseph had very close friends, if not relatives, that um, that they stayed with. So they were settled. Yeah, they just know right. there was nothing in the upper room for them to stay in. So this isn't so, this isn't something I'd, I'd seen before. But you're right. They're while they were there, gives the impression that they've been there for a little <laughs> while. Right? They didn't just arrive on the you know five thirty train. Right? And they're frantically looking for some place to, to 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 stay, but 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 while they were there, she's gave birth. So that there's, yeah. a, there's a period of time there that's longer than a few hours. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's it's it, I mean in the text itself we can we can assume that there's they were there for quite some time waiting for the census to be taken. And, and they took they probably took a couple of weeks to get there. 
Oh, yeah. And it was totally planned. I mean, his right. wife was right. pregnant. Right. Like, I mean, it was a long time ago, but these people weren't stupid. They knew what childbirth was. They knew how long it took to gestate she, a baby. Right, riding 60, dollars, 60 miles on a donkey, <laughs> yeah. you know, nine months pregnant. Hurrying in the rain to get to where she right. needs to be so the baby can fall out. Like, it's not that way. You know, they were where they were supposed to be. Uh, way ahead of time as a planned trip. So, anyways, this is just the first of uh, you know th- three or four myths that I'm hoping to kind of get through. That Jesus was born in the stable because there was no room at the inn. No, Jesus was born in the lower room with the animals. Yes, but it's inside, part of a home, and it, it wasn't an inn. Uh, there was just no room in the upper room. So, we're gonna go from. Uh, from that to the next one when we come back. How's that sound? Sounds great. I can't wait. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believe is to think and think is to believe. I'm John. I'm here with Eric. And we're going to be back with you in, I don't know, like 90 seconds. Can't wait. Bye-bye. Yes, Daniel, you're on point tonight. I love it. You got Run DMC, and then who sings this one? No idea. Elvis? No. Nobody knows. It's a mystery, but we all know that song. Run, yeah, run, run, Rudolph. Rudolph right? It's a, it's a, a Christmas classic. And uh, Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Apologetics.com Radio. I'm John, and I'm here with Eric. Good evening. Eric is amazing, and thank you so much for being up so late. All of you guys, but also Eric. You drove tonight, too. I love it. Big responsibility. It was pouring rain. I can't believe it. It's fantastic. In LA, when it rains, people drive like it's like snowing. It's (laughs) it's unbelievable. It's like, it's crazy. You have to weave around them. I mean, it's unbelievable. You were weaving, bobbing and weaving. Yeah, we need to get here. We left a little late today. But, um, but hey, if you're listening, we have been digging into some Christmas myths, shattering Christmas for my listeners. And me. And you, I know. And, um, but I don't think we need to have the let this shatter Christmas. We just, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but we just talked about the, the fact there's this idea, this is, um, this understanding that Jesus and Mary, when they were on their way to Bethlehem, there was a census and they were rushing there because, uh, because Mary was going into labor and they couldn't find a, uh, hotel room or they couldn't find an inn for somebody to stay in, knocking on doors, Joseph going from door to door. Please let us in. My wife's giving birth. We need help and people turning them away. In reality, Joseph was going back to where his family was from, Bethlehem. He probably had friends, if not family, that still lived there. They had been there for some time. It seems that the scriptures actually indicate that right at the beginning of Luke. And uh, they were probably quite comfortable and set up. They knew what uh, what was happening with Mary in, in her body. Like they had experienced childbirth before. Probably actually, they probably had more experience with childbirth than the average American. Yeah, I bet they did. You know, they probably knew no, more about what was going to happen. Uh, maybe not the science behind it, but they knew what was going to happen practically. And so they were very, st- they were set up and the, the issue comes from a mistranslation there in, um, what, what verse was, it? I think it was verse five where they say in, uh, two seven. Uh, oh, seven. Yeah, two seven. So, uh, Luke two seven, where they say they there was no room for them in the inn. It's a mistranslation of Cataluma, and it's actually the translation should be there was no room in the upper room for them. That's where the Last Supper happened. The upper room. This is in a typical house. Uh, there were two levels. One level was the bottom level, the lower room. And that was where they brought animals in to feed during the evening to keep them safe, to keep them warm. And then there was an upper level. And then that upper level is where uh, the people lived. And um, and so so Jesus was actually born in a in a house. Uh, so we, we started out with something I thought, I thought we should point out again. Um, and that was we started out with a very careful reading of this of these passages. Luke uh, 2, 1 through 7. Cool. Um, I. Like John, I I wasn't born in a Christian family. I mean, we were Christian, but we weren't. We didn't go to church. Uh, so I I I I was I converted, um, and so I think um, when I've read when I've read this passage in the past, I've let the culture of what I already know. That's a really good point. What I'm what I'm reading. Yeah. Right. So so when I read this, I read they were panicked. Yeah. Like they were knocking on doors looking for a place to stay because that's that's the culture that I've been brought up in. But that's not really what it says. Yeah. And I think this is a really good point to to bring up that that check check read 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 this carefully. Read it carefully and just well just read it. Try to drop <clears throat> your presuppositions and just read it. 
and and you'll you'll see while they were there. So so we have uh, Caesar Augustus calls for a census, right? Uh, and so everybody needs to go back to where their family is from. Joseph is from Bethlehem because he's from the tribe of David. And he goes back to Bethlehem where his family is from. Mary's with him. She's pregnant. And it just says, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him, for him, for them in the inn. And even the order of the sequence here is different. We have in our minds, there's no room for them in the inn before the birth of Jesus. That's right. Here it's after. That's right. You know, so, so the, they gave birth and, and, and this, he was born in a house, friends. Like that's where Jesus was born in, uh, nice and warm in a house in the lower room, probably with some animals around, most likely. Um, and, and not, this, not unlike any, every other person had been born in that same exactly kind of situation. Exactly. And, um, and there, this leads to also, uh, another myth because so, so Jesus was actually born in the house. Why? Why does the Bible then say that he was placed in a manger? See, we have this idea of, um, you know, uh, Jesus placed in a feeding trough. A manger is a feeding trough for an animal. And it makes total sense if he was born in the lower room of a, of a first century, uh, house in Bethlehem because they would have, um, you know, uh, honed out of the floor these troughs, feeding troughs, mangers. That would have fit perfectly a baby. So they had, and I have a picture of it in front of me, and I wish that I could show it to people. So if you could picture, you know, uh, one level, and then there's a maybe a four four foot uh, increase, and another level for ground. The lower level is where the animals are. The upper level is where the people are. On that section that's raised up, they have honed out of the floor places where they could put food for the animals, hay. Water, uh, corn, whatever they're feeding so they're, animals. They're the right height for an animal on four legs to be standing. That's right. Walk over to walk over knee. to a knee. That's right. And that's where uh, that's where they they put Jesus into the manger, which makes perfect sense. And like the detail, I think gives us an idea of uh, like where like this this only adds to where Mary and Joseph and Jesus were staying. Like it fits perfectly with what I'm saying here that they were in the lower room in the domicile, in the house. And, um, and when we look at, and actually when we look at archeological, archeological discoveries, we see that this is actually how houses were set up, you know, two different levels, an upper and a lower. And it's like, when we read it, it, it changes your perspective, um, of, of a lot of stuff of how you see even the upper room, uh, story, uh, where, where, you know, Jesus in the last supper, if it, it's not this, like, it's not like a third story of a house, that, that it was the the common area in the home where most likely, you know, the upper um, the upper room is being where the family lived, and the lower being where the, they kept animals uh, for protection and warmth. And knowing this, I think that we can understand that Jesus was born in the lower level and placed in a manger or a feeding trough, you know, and then that's where he probably spent his first night, you know, um, yeah. And they actually would make like perfect cradles if you think about it. Like if if it, it's like an oval, you know, honed out of the floor. You know, you could put uh, you could put him in there wrapped in his cloths, and he'd be very comfortable. You know, wouldn't be able to roll out. Yeah, it's not it's not different than what we would do today. You put him in a cradle. Exactly. Uh, let him sleep. You know, you're not going to hold the baby twenty four seven. Well, most most of the times, I'll confess, Ree and I like hold our newborn babies like twenty four seven. Dude, I'd rather sleep with the baby in my arms than not sleep at all. <laughs> Even though everybody tells you not to do that. Um, <coughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, when we think about these things about the Christmas story for me. Okay. I just want to throw this out there. I want to know the stuff the way that it really is. I don't want to know myths. Like, and I certainly don't want to uh, intertwine myth with truth when it has to do with the Christian story. Cause I think the Christian story is the true story of reality, you know, and I don't believe in Christianity because it makes me feel good. I don't believe it because, uh, because of really anything. It didn't give me friends or money or prestige. Right. I believe it because it's true and wholly true. Uh, and, and even this story, I think that we, if we slow down, you know, we've been, like you said, I thought it was a really good point that you made that we've been so influenced by the cultural narrative. Even when we read this scripture, we allow, we allow the culture, cultural narrative, the popular narrative to 
overlay on top of the scripture. We can, we can fill in gaps that aren't there. Yeah, yes, yeah, and it, and and we think it makes maybe makes for a better story, but I don't think it does. I think when we when we look at the the Christmas story as it really happens, it gives us a truer and accurate under ac- more accurate understanding of of what really happened. Like I don't need Jesus to be born in an outside in a barn in the freezing cold and placed in like this like crutch looking thing. You know, to it doesn't do, do anything for me. I'd rather understand what first century, you know, uh, houses were like and how this could have uh, most likely happened. You know, but but, but on the other hand, um, the, the Bible doesn't give us those details, right? We we know this from architecture, from from architectural digs, like what sure. what a house looks like, right? Yeah, because the Bible isn't trying to communicate an architectural history of exactly. Of the, no, of that's era, totally right? true. But there is language here, right? So so there is language. It it is that mistranslation that one word that led to this 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 uh, this this story being uh, kind of just veering from the truth. You know, it's not an inn. It's an, we're talking about the upper room. There's no room in the upper room is what it should say. And so when we understand that, then we allow it's, it's great because then we allow archeology span to come alongside our scriptures and then prove what we're saying tonight to be true. And we don't have to stretch truth. We don't have to right. sensationalize it. Um, we can just, just say the truth. That's what people want anyway. You know, so, and that's why I think like, you know, so I'm now we're destroying all these myths, right? So there's two, right? So Jesus was most likely born in a house <laughs> in the lower room. Uh, he was most likely placed in a feeding trough that would have been honed out of the floor of the upper room. And um, so the next question that I, that oftentimes I picture, I picture these wise men who have traveled a long way to see Baby Jesus. That's how it is in every story. They followed a star. They followed a star. They start off in uh, like the Middle East, right? Yeah, yeah. They go in like <laughs> and I mean, they're travel. going for a long time. But somehow they get there right at the like like right at the birth, right? Or within a couple of days, right? And they're bringing gifts, and there's three of them, right? There's oh yeah, they there's yeah three, the, the three frankincense, myrrh, and is it gold? Gold. It wouldn't be a birthday without gold. Yeah. So yeah. That's the, well. That's what we get. That's what we get. So, so the question that we have to ask is, is who was present at, at the birth of Jesus? You know, um, I think that the, the scriptures lend itself, and it's not specific here, but lend itself. I'm pretty sure that there were probably shepherds, right? The shepherds were called. Um, they were awoken by the um, by the, the angel uh, angels yes, in the field. Yeah, and they hustled. Yeah, they were. They, they were freaked. They out. knew where to go. Did the I angels so. lead them? I don't. I don't remember that. Uh, but they, I'm not sure how they knew where to go. They just kind of knew. They told them to arise, right? Get yeah. up! This is happening, and they were freaked out. You know, so I'm sure that they. I'm. I'm. I'm not sure. It's a good chance that there were shepherds there, right? But yeah. were there three wise men? I don't think so. You say, how dare you say that? How dare you question that? I know the three wise men. Three wise men. Um, that's like a classic. I mean, who's going to be in the nativity scene if not? three wise men and the little drummer boy. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I think in order to understand this, um, instead of, uh, I think we have to examine, you know, the, the text, but we can look at, uh, at Matthew and I won't read the whole, the whole story from Matthew, but, um, I think that there's a, there's a different time frame used by Matthew than by Luke. So when you're reading the scriptures and I'm going to mention something, and this is, this is an area of something called textual criticism. And when we read the scriptures, uh, it's important to understand that these books of the Bible, they were written to real people at real times with a real purpose. And they traverse a a series of different types of genre genre here in the gospels. It's largely considered that these are, um, ancient Greco-Roman biographies. That's what they are. They're biographies of Jesus. The, 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 that's why these authors wrote these things. And there's certain literary techniques that were acceptable to use during the first century. And um, <clears throat> and one of them would be time compression is what's called, meaning sometimes the author is at liberty to take something that took a long period of time and when he's writing, make it seem like it was a short period of time. And that's why it's important to have multiple independent views on something because you can compare the stories and figure out what's going on there. And if we read Matthew on this, um, I think that we see Matthew is very specific in the way that he describes Jesus as the um, wise men approached him. So the wise men, uh, the myth that we're talking about, the myth that we're trying to bust here, isn't that the wise men weren't ever there. It's just that they weren't there at his birth. 
because uh, it's padion is the word in that that Matthew used to describe Jesus, and it means um, infant or toddler when the Magi came onto the scene. So it's uh, Jesus was actually most people believe that Jesus was uh, was you know uh, two years old or younger, and he wasn't a newborn baby when these three strangers rolled up uh, on his crib. Right. Well, the the um I mean, but the text does make it seem like it's, you know, boom, boom. It's a bang, bang play, right? Because uh, Luke does. Matthew, too. Yeah, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. When you read the text. Because if you, I mean, if you read it, it's now after Jesus was born, you know, the magi show up, basically, is what he says. Yeah. But while that's technically true, there could have been a couple of years between the birth and the magi, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's totally true. There's, uh, there's, so it's still true that they showed up after, but they didn't show up. Like right after. No, and and that's where I think it's important to like. This is where a basic understanding of Greek comes into like comes really handy. And like I said, I, I'm not a Greek scholar. I just like reading about this stuff. And <coughs> excuse me. And the word that that is used to describe Jesus isn't newborn. It's it's very specific. Matthew uses a very specific word for a reason because he's telling us something about the timing that these that these men arrived that Jesus was was most likely a toddler. You know, two or younger, but not a newborn because he would have used a different word to describe Jesus's stage of life. Right. The other context that we often don't think about at Christmas time is is Herod's horrible uh declaration to to Dude. to kill all the new not was all the newborns, so it was all the 2-year-olds and under, right? Yeah, all the 2-year-olds and under. So to get slaughtered. So it doesn't make sense that he would be a newborn and that, that Herod would say kill the two-year-olds. Yeah. He was, he was uh, covering his bases, Herod right. was, right. you know, by, by saying two and under because there was a, a, a certain ambiguity there as to how old Jesus was. But the, you know. the, the Magi – and sorry if I'm stealing this – but the Magi no, no. Um, hit up Herod first. Right? Yeah, so they were they, there. They, they, they traveled – um, they looked for the star. They, they they found Herod, and they asked him where the the, the king was. Oh yeah, right, dude. That Could you imagine that? Didn't that didn't go well? And the Herod wasn't a great guy. No, he was not a nice nice yeah, he, man. I mean, he didn't send. He wasn't sending uh, Mary flowers after the birth of Jesus. No, but but he did instruct them to hey come back. I'll, I'll tell you where they are, but come back and yeah. let me know where they are. Let so me know I where they are. Give them gifts. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's guy. right. Little liar. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah, the whole story is like it's just, it's just so cool how how God worked this all out. You know, it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so so we can be fairly certain, right, that uh, Jesus uh, was born in a house. We can be fairly certain that he was born in the lower room of a house. He was placed in a manger, but that manger is a feeding trough honed out of the floor of the upper room. We can be fairly certain that. Um, that uh, the wise men were not there at Jesus's birth. <clears throat> you know, the things that at Jesus's birth would have been most likely shepherds, mm-hmm. uh, animals, certainly. Maybe pro- some family. Probably a whole lot of family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think like, and this is just me thinking, right? So I don't want to add to more, more mystery to the story. But uh, I mean, Jesus's birth within his family was probably really anticipated because think of the drama that led up to it. Right. So, so right at the end of chapter one in Matthew is, uh, is the birth narrative and it's to- told by Joseph's perspective. And when Joseph is explaining this, I mean, uh, he finds out his, his wife to be his betrothed Mary is pregnant and he hasn't had sex with, with Mary. And I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Joseph out at the bar with his friends, what am I going to do, <clears throat> you know, uh, before the, before Gabriel appeals to him in the dream? You know, what am I going to do? And some of his friends are like, oh, you got to divorce her, you know. So some of our friends, well, you do it rightly, you know, and Joseph was a righteous man is what the scriptures say. And, and so he wanted to handle it rightly. And he had it in his heart that he was going to do this all quietly. And then Gabriel appears to him in a dream and everything gets flipped upside down. You know, and then then I'm I'm wondering. <clears throat> there's very little said now between that and now the birth of Jesus, but there's a whole lot of time that's transpired, and surely the family caught wind of all the drama. I mean, we all know I'm how sure. family drama just blows up, right? right? So I think that like all those people are waiting for this like this drama baby 
you know to be born right and it's not just the it's not just the drama because it's out of wedlock but there's there's an angel there's another angel or the, oh dude. the same angel i think right but yeah gabriel but one in two, a dream one, one in real right. life um then so, an angel to the shepherds i mean the the world is beginning to shake right i mean you've you've got a king that is so scared of this infant that he's ordering uh every two-year-old boy to be murdered I mean that's what I mean that's that takes some there's got to be some serious fear in there you know and uh yeah. from Herod you know so so I'm I'm assuming that his family was really excited and looking forward to, uh, in anticipation to the birth of Jesus for whatever for a multiple of reasons you know and I wonder how many of them actually knew right I I wonder that too and yeah. there's something we'll never know the, no so. not right now not right now. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that that'd be cool if like there's like an eternal DVR, you know, in heaven. Right. When we right, get to right, heaven, right. we can like rewind it. Okay. Oh, this is how they look act, at the react. expression on that guy's face. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or dude, I really when we're talking about the birth of Jesus, right? I really wish that they we're running out of time, but uh, th- that I really wish and hope that there is uh, there's a womb cam for the Immaculate Conception, man. How exactly does the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, interact with the, the biology of Mary and create Jesus? So December 25th. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, these are the things that keep me up at night. But um, but December 25th is another one that I think uh, we, we just take for granted that this is the birthday of Jesus and when it really happens. Um but I'm not sure. You know, where are we getting that from? You know, where do we get that date from? You know, December 25th. Well, so I've I've heard that the date comes from uh, Christians taking over a pagan ritual uh, date, some kind of a Norse festival or something, um, and and them being wanting to have some kind of festival at the same time. So why not? Why not Jesus? Yeah. That's, that's kind interesting. of that's kind of the 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 thought that I had. I don't think the scripture ever says a date. I don't think they even had. They didn't have months. Did they? They, they had have, months. They well, they had seasons not, for not, sure. Not Gregorian. No, 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 no. It came much later. Yeah. But um, so so I'm just going to read a portion of uh, so so this is um, so Biblical Archaeology Review Magazine uh, says this. He says, or the the author of this says. How did the Christmas Christmas festival or originate? How did December 25th come to be associated with Jesus' birthday? The Bible offers few clues. Celebration of Jesus' nativity are not mentioned in the Gospels or Acts. The date is not given, not even the time of year. The biblical and this is this is so cool. Like when I start thinking this, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> the biblical references to shepherds tending their flocks at night when they hear the news of Jesus' birth, that's Luke 2 8, which we just read might suggest the spring uh, lambing season. In the cold month of December, on the other hand, sheep might well have been corralled. They would have been in that lower room at night. Oh. You know. Um, yet most scholars would urge caution about extracting such a precise but uh, incidental detail from narrative whose focus is theological rather than cal- calendrical. Wow, that's a good word. Yeah, that is, that is a good word. So I think when we... And we're just going to touch this for uh, just briefly, and then we'll get into does this ruin Christmas. But I think that um, from the text and just what it's saying about the the lives of the people, you know, the shepherds, for example, out in the in the fields with their animals. I mean, if it's in the winter months, in the middle of the night, it's going to be freezing cold out there. The shepherds aren't sleeping outside. Neither right. are the sheep. Neither are sheep. Yeah, they got they got huddled together. They're not they're not out. Yeah, they're not. Around. Yeah. So so most likely this happened in the spring. You know, which is, I mean, which is crazy because, oh my gosh, we have Jesus' birth wrong. How is this possible? You know, it's just, but what, what, what's happened along the ways is, is, you know, we, we've chosen this date for whatever reason and we don't have time to get into it, whether it be, you know, to take over Nordic pagan traditions or to, to in, influence another. This, this date on our modern calendar has been chosen to commemorate, to remember the birth of the savior of the world. It doesn't matter if it was the, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't affect my Christianity, my, my mm-hmm. faith. My belief. Yeah. And you want to know what's cool, though? On the other end of this, on the other end of this, we know with precision the date that Jesus was crucified, though, which is really interesting. Uh, we do. Yeah. Hmm. On the calendar, which is another whole topic. But yes, we, so, so we know uh, the crucifixion and death of Jesus. We can pinpoint that day 
in, in, in history. His birth, we have some clues, but there's nothing really to run, run with. Just really quick, there's a, there's a, there's a theory that um, to the 25th came back because of uh, nine months between March and December. March being the date uh-huh. when, when he was crucified. So that could have been the conception. And sure. Nine months later, 25th. Yeah, interesting. So that's how that's one reason why they might have done 25th. But yeah, that, I mean that's a uh, who knows. Right, who knows? Right? right? Who knows? But who cares? Right. And that's kind of like what I what I want to say. Does it ruin Christmas? I mean, have right. I ruined your Christmas? No. By going over this, and I hope I haven't ruined your Christmas. Um, and and this is what I, I I would say that in fact, like when we have a more accurate view um, of the most wonderful night. Uh, that has ever happened. You know, Jesus was born. It, when we have a more accurate view of that night, we uh, that that accurate view should only strengthen our faith. And I think it it, it actually should convict us to share this information and kind of not. I'm not saying dispel the myths. We can't have these myths. It's not like a Santa Claus myth, right? I think that we can still have fun with our with our kids with this stuff. Right. You know, December. So you don't have to be. Oh, we're going to celebrate Christmas in you know in whenever the spring april as opposed to december and be weirdos on the block you know you put up christmas lights in april well in your instance you never think of that you just flip a switch you know but it's like hey man i try so uh, but um you know but but when we look at a you know um when we look at the whole and we want to understand uh what's what's really happened here i think it's important under to get the truth out and we can have fun with it and make sure that, that we celebrate Jesus' birthday. That's what it's all about. Well, it's, it's eye-opening. I mean, it's eye-opening for me to, to learn that, wow, this, this isn't really the way it happens. And if I carefully read the scripture, yeah. I can go back and learn something about the, what happened. And it's important to, and, and it's important here, guys, listen, and it's important to understand this, uh, that looking at a few of the events is, um, that, that occurred, it's not only seeing what isn't happened, we get to see what actually did Happened. Jesus did uh, did live. He was indeed born into a humble beginnings. You know, nobody disputes that. And uh, and what I find even more incredible is that the first people to worship him, they weren't rich, you know, and powerful. They weren't the they weren't even the, the magi weren't even there. Like that that to me is more humbling and speaks more to the to the life and ministry that Jesus will eventually live and then his death. Um, so so these these far off magi didn't come. Um, and uh, and but instead he was born among shepherds, lowly shepherds, Common men, man. men who were considered low on the on the social social ladder during the time. And these men who were first to see God in the flesh. Could you even imagine that? These were men the first to see God in the flesh, born sinless, led a sinless life. And it's these men that God chose to spread the word. Yep. The first, these are the first evangelists, just just normal people, man, like you and me. Yep, that's so cool. So anyways, hey guys, uh, I am so glad that you tuned in and uh, I'm appreciative of, of our audience and uh, this is apologetics.com radio uh, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe and I want to keep have you keep in mind that we do this for free and for fun and we're just having fun out here with you and uh, if you find in your heart and you want to give us an end of year gift, we would love that at apologetics.com. You can click the donate button and everything uh matters whether it's five bucks or 50 bucks or 500 bucks we would uh we would love to help uh help uh, use your money to to further the kingdom of god so anyways guys happy christmas have a great season and uh we'll talk to you in the new year 2020 oh my gosh unbelievable unbelievable have a good one guys bye